0: Moramai, welcome to Easter Praise, a special program to celebrate the very heart of our Christian faith that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and opened the way for us to follow him to everlasting life. Happy Easter! A wonderfully stirring version of the great Easter hymn, "Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son," and now David Suchet reads the account of the first Easter day from the Gospel according to Matthew.
1: After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay." Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me.
2: Lord Jesus, early in the morning a voice in a guarded graveyard and footsteps in
0: the dew proved that you had risen, that you had come back to those and for those who had forgotten, denied and destroyed
3: you. Hallowed be your name. To believe in the resurrection is to believe that death is not all-powerful, that beyond despair there is hope. Or, as St Paul puts it, that whatever life throws at us, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus
0: our Lord. we talk about new life in Jesus Christ. But what does that really mean for ordinary people like you and me? I'd like you to meet husband and wife Nigel and Georgie Dempsey-Moore, who now have their own very personal reason to know that Jesus is alive and the misery that we all bump into at some time will not overcome the new life that Jesus offers to us all. To find out more, I need to take Nigel and Georgie back to Easter last year.
3: This time last year, I was recovering from surgery for cancer and Easter Day was my goal because I wanted it to be the day that I was going to be fit enough to go back to church. I'd had my surgery at the beginning of March and so Easter Day was always that day on the horizon that hopefully I was going to be well enough, if a bit stiff and sore, to get into church because I I wanted to give thanks on that particular day for the fact that I was still here. <laughs>
0: Georgie, this is cancer that you didn't even know that you had. The yes. symptoms that weren't particularly inconveniencing, you put them all down to perhaps being the menopause. Yes,
3: yeah, that's very true. I'd been feeling unwell probably for 18 months, two years, but just general having the night sweats and feeling very tired. But again, us ladies we have, to, we have a lot to put up with and I was just thinking that that was what it was and sort of just get on with life and it'll get better but it didn't and to cut a very long story short I had to go in for a scan for something to do with ladies things in the February and thankfully that was all fine however during that routine scan they found that I'd got a rather large tumour on my right kidney which was potentially life-threatening And it was then a roller coaster from that date, which was the 2nd of February, to when I went in for the surgery then in Liverpool on the 8th of March. And it was a really scary and really frightening time. I can't put into words how it felt because it was the last thing that I was expecting to be told.
0: Georgie, you're married to Nigel and you both have a very, very strong faith. God is very much at the centre of your lives. But... Even so, this must have come as a tremendous bolt out of the blue to you both.
3: It did. And I think to start off with, I was scared, just like anybody would be. And I can remember going into our church and falling to my knees and begging God to let me live and to let me be healed and to take it away and, and you know, just being really, really frightened. And then the realization set in that hang on, you know, just let's see what we're facing here, what we're looking at. And gradually as my friends started to find out what was happening and then they began to pray for me and I knew that I had people praying for me locally from my brothers and sisters in other churches and also in the UK and as far away as India. And that network of support then that I felt, things began to calm down and I just had the realisation that, well, whatever happens, this is in God's hands and if God sees fit to heal me then that's great and if it's my time to go then that's great as well because I know that I'm in his care and he's got his arms around me and I could feel that almost physically that he had his arms around me and I am 100% that that was down to all the prayers that were being said for me some of my friends have told me since then that it wasn't just that they were praying for healing for me although that was the outcome that they all wanted but they were also praying for strength and courage that I could face whatever I had to face. Last year, I actually felt the tangible presence of Jesus. I felt his arm around me I was talking to him and at the risk of sounding mad he was talking back to me I don't mean literally but just you know a communication just because you can't physically see him sitting next to you doesn't mean that if you speak to him he's not going to answer you because he does in very surprising ways sometimes I think if I hadn't have had that support I don't think I would have coped with the situation
0: Nigel this must have been particularly painful for you because if I can take you back to the beginning of last year, mm. you had just lost your father to cancer. Mm.
4: He had bowel cancer. The tumour was, it just got bigger and bigger really, and there was nothing that anyone could do. So, I mean, we just lost my father in the December. You know, we came round to a new year, I thought, and trying to get over it, you know, start afresh. Then we got Georgie's diagnosis, so it was a bit too soon, really. As you say, me and Georgie, we've got a strong faith. These things do happen, It can happen to anyone, as we found out, you know, there was no sign of it before. Your faith comes to the fore, and if you've got a strong faith, it's something that you can lean on in that sense. You've got friends, you've got people praying for you, we accept all the prayers. You know, we really needed friends during that time because we didn't know the outcome. If somebody tells you you've got a tumour, and it was a big tumour, it was grade two tumour, it can spread anywhere. The most
3: difficult thing was telling my mum, because as she said, it's not meant to be this way around. Nigel was with me when I got the news so he was just like a rabbit in headlights and I didn't know what to say to him because how can you put into words to the person that you love the most that you might have to say goodbye to them that was that was more scary than actually dying dying wasn't anything to worry about saying goodbye was the thing that I was really worried about and my immediate friends were upset but they tried to cover that up they tried to not get upset in front of me and we've talked about it since and they were saying how hard they found it to be upbeat and then when they went away they were crying you know but not crying in front of me. The thing that I find most inspiring about
0: your story is the fact that you could be accepting of whatever the outcome you weren't just praying for healing you were just praying for the strength to get through whatever it was that God had in mind for you.
3: That's it because I'm lucky that I have a faith and I always feel quite sad that If you haven't got a faith, then what have you got? Because this life is transient. Everybody is going to die. (laughs) And it's not something that we should be miserable about and morbid about. I don't mean it in that way. That is where we're headed. And without hope that you're going to be with Father God and without hope that there is more to come, then what have you got? It wasn't being dead that scared me. It was how it might happen that I was scared about. And the peace that I felt from the prayers of other people and prayers of my own took that fear away from me because I did feel that if things worked out that way, that it would just be like leaning back in Jesus' arms and going to sleep and that was it. And I was going to be looked after and cared for and it's a journey, it's just a transition and that is nothing to be feared. It isn't. As I said before, the thing that upset me the most was having to say goodbye to my family. But God yeah. had
0: another plan. For
3: you. He certainly did have another plan because here I am a year later and I'm fitter and more healthy now than I've been in a long time. In fact, I'm doing the parish walk. Now, I've said that on Manx Radio now so there's no way I can get out of it now, is there? But yeah. I'm doing the parish walk I felt I needed to get my strength back get my stamina back more than anything and I wanted something that would give me a focus for doing that and I mentioned that to my really really good friend Sylvia Harrison and she said you should do the parish walk so we're doing it together so watch out for us everybody Shackleton's Explorers we're called so watch out for us on the day
4: (laughs) Do you think it's changed you as people? I think we're a lot more accepting of uh, life as it goes along the little things that you think Oh, is this is important They're not they're not important life is important friends meeting people new people just living your life is important and these little hang-ups that you have as you go through life they're not important and i think it's that reality that when something like this happens you know like my dad brings it to the fore and then you think my goodness you know if you've only got today in that sense you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we've never been frightened of, of showing our faith and speaking about our faith but I would say that there's a sort of urgency about it. Life is short, both with my dad and with Georgie. We didn't know what would happen. You didn't know whether it would be next month would be the time when they're taken or whether they'd be cured. It does bring that urgency. Faith is a very important part of our lives. We go, we go to church, thank God for what we've got and long may that continue. But if it doesn't, if you have a faith, then you can cope with what's to come.
0: And this Easter morning, as you mm. go to church, mm. Georgie, how will you be feeling?
3: immensely happy immensely grateful and thankful he's alive he is alive that's what easter is all about and every year when we celebrate easter we are going through a time of renewal and renewing your faith and that was what happened to me through the experience last year
0: thank you to Nigel and Georgie Dempsey-Moore for sharing that story about the new life in Jesus that became real for them as it carried them through their darkest of times in the past year. But is this new life really something that's offered to all of us? The Right Reverend Dr. Gavin Ashenden is an Anglican bishop who's visiting the island this weekend. What, I wonder, does the Easter message say to him?
5: Well, whenever you get bad news... The most thrilling thing is some good news that makes it better. The world we live in has a lot of bad news in it. If you look at the last century, for example, Marxism killed 100 million people. Our two world wars killed 80 million people. We, We have an outbreak of child abuse today. Society feels as though it's falling apart, and people are trying more and more energetically to hold their lives together under great pressure. And the two things that are making this difficult are death and evil, And evil is is real. I mean, you only have to look at the damage people do to each other. And death is real. My best friend died yesterday. He was 64, he was swimming off Gibraltar. And I got a a note from my sister-in-law saying, Tim's dead. The good news about Easter is that because Jesus rose from the dead, we know that evil is defeated and death can't last. And since those are the two things that spoil life for most of us, even if we don't put labels to them as often as we should, The idea that there is something stronger than evil, and that is a God who loves us, who doesn't let our failure and our blame define us, but instead sets us free. And then when we come to be accountable at the end of our life, to know that when we're held accountable, we can be forgiven and given life in joy with our best friends forever is a wonderful thing. And if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, it wouldn't be true. Evil would appeal to be stronger and death would be inevitable. Because Jesus died for our sins on the cross, because Jesus did rise from the dead, evil has been beaten, we can slip free from it just by asking, and we get to live forever in joy with all the things that matter most. Well, that makes life worth living. Jesus did rise from the dead, and wherever people have believed it and put their belief into practice, It's given a new quality of life that is, frankly, unusual and astounding. You see it in people like Mother Teresa of Calcutta or St. Francis, and there are a few sort of iconic people you see it in. You say, ooh, wow, how did that happen? Where's this kind of nuclear energy of compassion coming from? And the answer in all these cases, it comes from Jesus. So it's Easter. Jesus is risen. We're forgiven. We can live in love and joy forever. And there's a new quality of life available if you want it.
0: Thank you to Right Reverend Dr Gavin Ashenden. And that was actually the end of a very thought-provoking interview with Bishop Gavin that I'll be bringing to you on praise in a few weeks' time. But if you'd like to meet Bishop Gavin, you can do so later this morning. At half past ten, he'll be in St. Augustine's Anglican Church to preside and preach at their service of Holy Communion. And St. Augustine's is currently meeting every Sunday at 10.30 in the Selton Manx building in Braddon, easy to find almost opposite the entrance to Eden Park. the beautiful voices of the Choir of the Church of St John the Baptist in Broughton, Lancashire, known affectionately here as the Broughton Boys Choir. And they've just completed another successful visit to the Isle of Man for their annual training course for the boy choristers. Over the years, hundreds of Broughton boys have travelled to the island to spend a week together, developing their musical skills and, just as importantly, having great fun in their off-duty moments, swimming, playing beach football, going to the Venture Centre and exploring the island's heritage sites. Every night, they sang evensong in a different church and it was after their visit to the Cathedral in Peel that I caught up with the boys and the man who makes this all possible, the choir's inspirational musical director, John Catterall.
6: This is the 46th visit. Who would have imagined
0: when you started it that it would become so much a part of island life as well as choir life?
6: We certainly wouldn't in uh, Preston because uh, it was a one-off when we first came to, uh, to the island. We've been every, every year since, I think, 1972.
0: And the standard is so very high. The whole choir sing with such love and enthusiasm. They read beautifully, lead the prayers with such sincerity. It's a whole experience. It's not just coming and singing some music, is it?
6: No, we try to teach the boys quite a lot about not only presenting worship and helping people worship within the congregations, but helping them to worship themselves also. And during the last two days, we've been putting an emphasis on listening to the prayers, having a moment of quiet during a service which is so busy for them as the prayers proceed and of course listening to the lessons and the sermons that follow the lessons. It really is one of the most difficult things to do when you're directing and singing in a service to be actually involved in the worship but it's something you must try to do. When you're recruiting choristers, what are you looking for John? Looking for potential because uh, a boy at the age of uh, six and seven uh, may not have too much of a singing voice, but you just have to try and be very clever and spot the one that is going to make something and also the one that's got a bit of spark.
0: Do you have any trouble getting boys for the choir?
6: No, we've got three schools in the area who are a main source of recruitment and so we have a constant flow of boys coming in.
0: Let's talk for a moment about your organist. Now you talked to me last year about Harry Spencer and how hard he works and that's all paying off now for him isn't it? Oh it is
6: indeed because as you probably know he's got a scholarship at Chichester Cathedral which commences in September and then the following uh, academic year he's being given the organ scholarship at St John's Cambridge, which is a huge honour.
0: Your diction is wonderful. Is there a trick to getting such good diction?
6: Not really. You've got to rely on the concentration of the boys to produce this. Work on it, and it happens. Not a better note to finish on.
0: Finley, is this your first time? Yeah. Are you having a good time?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really good.
0: Alex, how many times have you been here?
2: It's my first time.
0: Had you talked to the others about it? Ask them what happens when you go to yeah. the Island man? Mm. And what did they tell you?
2: And they said just enjoy
0: it. And are you enjoying it? Yeah. Now, Sean, you weren't just singing for us tonight, you were reading as well. First time at year, weren't you? Yes. Were you a bit more excited this time because you knew what was going to happen? Yeah. What's the best thing you've done? Watching all my friends,
2: getting scared at the top of the laxi wheel, screaming.
0: How many times have you been here, Michael? This is
2: also my first time.
0: And what's the best thing that you've done so far?
2: The raft building, not only to um, win the race, but also not to fall off or be pushed off.
0: And was anybody
2: pushed off? Many people, yes.
0: Were you in teams?
2: Yeah, we were in teams.
0: And who was on the winning team?
2: Me, Thomas Wally, Finley Ratcliffe.
0: Now, did you win because it was a really good raft that you built or just because you hung on?
2: Because we hung on and most of us were scared if we didn't, Thomas Mowley would whack us with the paddle.
0: Lachlan, we have met before, haven't
2: we? Yes, we we
3: are. You're a busy choir, aren't you? You travel about. Yes, we are. Not just only in the island, but we go to visit many other cathedrals as well. When we're a week together like we are now, it helps us with our relationship with each other and it Helps us with our singing as well.
0: Well, I hope that wherever else you go, you come back to the island next year. Lachlan, thank you. Hello, Jacob. I'm a second-timer. Second-timer.
2: Is choir and musical a big part of your life? It is quite time-consuming. So about three times a week, we will go to church. Do you think it's worthwhile? Yes, definitely. Do you get a lot from it? Yes, definitely. What
0: about your friends outside of the choir, people at school? Do they know that you sing well?
2: Yes, they do, because uh, I sang a solo at school, so that's when they found out.
0: Well, thank you for bringing your lovely music to the island.
6: Hello, Ben. How many
0: times have you been over, Ben?
6: This is the sixth. There's three head choruses. Yeah. Thomas is the head and me and Finley are the deputy choruses, so we look after everyone.
0: You're good role models for the younger boys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, you can have some fun. Yeah. And... Tell me about your music. What other
6: music are you involved in? I play in the senior band at school, play the clarinet.
0: So music is a big part of your life? Yeah, yeah,
6: definitely. Choirs help me with a lot of things, especially with band. It's made me read music easier. And with taking music GCSE, it's helped with that as
4: well. I'm Finlay.
6: Do do you think it's very enriching being in a choir?
4: I think it instills a work ethic. I think you do get a lot from it. I think um, the commitment of four years, not a lot of things our age, like football clubs, I don't know, scouts run for four years, and you see the development. I think you do get a lot out of it.
0: Do you think you become like a family?
4: I think on these weeks especially you do. You're obviously in a hotel together. You can't not be like a family or really good friends uh, helping and making people better. On weeks like this especially we do come very close. So
0: the big question, I'm coming now to Thomas head chorister how are the staff
4: behaving very very naughty actually us three head choristers at night we uh, come together and we write down what's gone wrong in the day people have been falling asleep quite a bit on duty as well taking wrong turns getting to places and in the morning we fill in the boys on all the naughty nonsense and bad behavior that's gone on the previous day it's quite fun
0: Lovely music and light-hearted moments with the Broughton Boys Choir and we look forward to their 47th visit here around Easter time next year. And that's all that we've time for this week. Don't forget to take a look at the Praise blog, the home of our church notice board full of Easter services and events. Go to manxradio.com on the homepage, click on Air and on the drop-down menu, follow the link for blogs. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company and I wish you and those you love every blessing in the days ahead.